and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. I believe that we can thrive in all areas of life at the same time. But where do we begin? Personally, financially, spiritually, relationally... And often because we don't know where to focus, we do nothing. At least that's the space I lived in for several years. I know what it feels like to constantly be spinning my wheels. And that's exactly why I created the Dream Life Daily Journal. After working through the Dream Life Action Planner, we need to do something every day so we actually take steps in the direction we desire. Throughout the years, I've developed success habits that have helped me to create a Dream 10 Life in all areas by focusing on one area at a time. And I teach you exactly what to do each and every day in the Dream Life Daily Journal. You'll find a gratitude game every day to start the morning off right. A space for prayer, meditation, journaling. A space to write down your clear and intentional dream life goal with affirmations and visualizations connected to that goal. You'll then have a spot to write down your dream life action to-do list so you can be intentionally taking action towards your goal every single day. I know that by completing the Dream Life Daily Journal every day for at least 30 days, you can create momentum. And when you do that, my friends, you can live your dream life too. Check out the dreamlifetoolkit.com or Amazon to get your copy of the Dream Life Daily Journal today. Big, big welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am super excited for our next guest because I know she's going to light you up. She is a business strategist and mindset coach and is on a mission to help female entrepreneurs live their best lives by creating wildly profitable businesses. After about 10 successful years in a marketing agency, our guest ventured out to truly take control of the impact she could make on women, creating flexibility, happiness, financial freedom, and she has not looked back since. She now spends her days helping women move past their mindset blocks. Mm, We all have them plan and implement strategies that drive results and unlock their true potential waiting to be shared with the world. With her no-nonsense, tough love approach and a decade-plus of experience, it's never long before clients begin to build a life that lights them up while filling their days with purpose, passion, and a healthy pipeline of swoon-worthy clients. Woohoo! Let's dive right in. So please welcome Katherine Binkley to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Denise. Yes, I'm super excited to connect with you because you've been in marketing and in the business world for over a decade, but then you decided you wanted to own your own time and step into your own personal business. So before we teach our listeners exactly what to do to get swoon-worthy clients, I want to hear a little bit more about your story and why you decided to start your own business. For me, my story actually goes back to childhood and The beginning is a little rocky in the sense of I had dads who left and my mom and I found a way to keep moving forward. And I'm the oldest of five kids. And my mom started her own business. She was a single mom of five kids. And over time, she just continued to teach me to go after what I wanted, that I could have anything that I wanted, instilled in me independence like no one can 
believe. I'm so fiercely independent because of her. And always told me that I was capable of doing anything I wanted. So that whole thing about fulfilling your potential and seeing your potential really stuck with me. And that independence carried right into all of this. It turned into this. Out of the five kids, what number are you? I'm the oldest. I'm not surprised. (laughs) I'm the oldest on my side as well. Um, And I do think that there's something that happens when you feel like, all right, these, my younger siblings are watching me and they're learning from me just as much as they're learning from your mom. So you really took that seriously. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's a lot that of course happens growing up, but as the oldest, you step in and take care of things. And with a single mom, you know, she was busy and setting an incredible example, but that meant I kind of grew up a little bit faster as well because of that situation. So all of that carried right into my career and I was like a sponge, soaked everything in, but didn't really want to settle for working for someone else's dream. I wanted to live my own. Oh, okay. So you got into the field of marketing and then you spent a decade at a marketing agency. Tell me about that. Yeah. So I worked for actually a couple of different full service marketing agencies right in downtown Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and worked with companies of all shapes and sizes, huge companies down to really small ones and learned how to help them figure out the best strategy whatever that was for them to reach their goals. And I learned along the way that everyone has a different definition of success. And no matter where they are on that scale, they also have a different level of resources available. And what works for one person wouldn't work for someone else and vice versa. So with different target audiences, different goals, different resources available, every single strategy really needed to be customized. And so I learned that that was ingrained in me and I helped all of my clients build strategic marketing plans and then implement them, of course, to reach their goals. Okay. And then at some point you decided, okay, I want to take this on my own. I don't want to just work under this corporate umbrella. I want to do this from the privacy of my own home on my time and, and start your own thing. Tell me a bit about how that started for you. Well, it actually started out just kind of on the side. I was like, okay, I'm actually going to start giving back some of my time. And so I started working with nonprofits at first, volunteering, and realized I really enjoyed that whole aspect of doing things on my own. I still had a full-time job and over time decided, you know what? I want to make this into a full-time thing. I don't want to spend just a little time here and there. And as much as I enjoy giving back and have spent and continue to spend time doing that, it's like, I want to make this a true business. And so I decided to do just that. And I continue to work full time as I grew my business, started getting everything lined up and ready to go. And what's really interesting is I probably dabbled for a couple of years and didn't really take it extremely seriously, like just doing things. If a client was referred to me, it was awesome and still worked my full-time job, but wasn't really committed to turning it into full-time quite yet. When I made that decision, it took me six months from the point that I made the decision to the point that I left my full-time job and went out on my own. So it was pretty amazing once you actually make that decision. And I think there's a lesson there as well. Yeah, it is really interesting. You can have things on the side for quite a while, but when you make the decision to really go for it, things change. So why do you think that after that decision, it was six months before you were able to to retire and, and do this full time? What really shifted for you? 
Well, I was finally all in. It was not this, okay, this is kind of fun, like a hobby on the side. I'm going to spend some time helping others and making an impact. And if it brings in a little revenue, great. It shifted from that to, no, I am fully committed. There's nothing that's going to stop me. And this is what I want. I want to do this full time. And knowing that it was possible and believing in myself. You sound like somebody that has a lot of grit, you know, a lot of vision and a lot of grit, meaning that when you want it and you're clear about that, you'll go get it regardless of the mud or the fears or the haters or the road, you know, like we know it's never a straight line, but because of your background, you number one, know it's possible. And number two, you know, you can do it and you've developed kind of that grit muscle to walk through the fire, so to speak, so you can get out to the other side. So you made that pivot, you made that transition, you went all in. Um, I'm assuming you also worked your butt off. Oh, heck yeah. It wasn't easy. (laughs) Just because it only took six months doesn't mean any of it was easy. And even though I had that background in marketing and I had the knowledge, I knew exactly what I needed to do. I still needed support through that journey because there's a lot that came up for me mindset wise. Ooh, okay. So what mindset hurdles did you have to jump through? Well, all kinds of things from from the very beginning, knowing that I've gotten my clients results for more than a decade, but then this feeling of, but can I do it for myself? And can I do it by myself? Because I also was starting on my own by myself versus in the agency world, I managed a team of incredibly talented writers, designers, developers, strategists, analysts, like you name it. I had a team and they were incredible. And even though I led that team, there's a lot that comes up when you're doing it for yourself all alone. Mm. Yeah. Because you, instead of honing in on one thing and becoming an expert in that, when you're your own CEO, you kind of wear all the different hats all at once. So you're doing the research on keywords or your target audience and, and doing all the detail stuff, but you're also creating content and doing all the creative stuff because you're marketing yourself and then you're going to market for others. So, all right, keep going. Tell me more. Well, I think that there's a lot that I've learned since that point about even the different roles in business and working in the agency world to a degree, I was the integrator for my clients, but I was the visionary within the agency on behalf of my client and then had a team that was implementing now, or at least then, because I've built a team since then. But at the beginning, I had to step into both roles at the same time. And that was a challenge sometimes because I had these big ideas, but I couldn't let all of these ideas from being the visionary distract me. And then at the same time, I had to step into this integrator role and get things done no matter what was coming up for me as the visionary. Ooh, that's a really good, good point. I feel like some people are really good at being the visionary and they've got all these big grand ideas, but the day to the day, how to execute doesn't happen. And then there's people who are really hard workers and can execute well, but they don't have the vision. So they need someone kind of telling them what to do and and casting the vision for their next step. But to be a really successful entrepreneur, we get to create both vision and the hard work of the execution because you don't if you don't you, there's no one else to do it for you right absolutely you <laughs> i mean it all depends on you at least i mean well always let's be honest always like even yeah. once you build a team 
you still are there. And, and, and the one that is driving it or letting things slip and pass you by. So you have to step into that role and stay in that role. Right. It's all on you. Right, right. And that can be really empowering or really daunting. Yeah. And it probably flip flops because sometimes oh, yeah. you're like, I got this. And sometimes you're probably like, someone help me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes I just want to hand things off and just know that it's going to get done. And in those early days, that wasn't possible. Okay. Tell me about getting your first client. Oh my goodness. What's funny is I guess I already had clients from when I was kind of doing a little on the side. I had people being referred to me constantly. So that was amazing. So at first it was all from different connections that I made. And then when I shifted gears and was like, okay, I really want to turn this into a full-time thing. How am I going to market myself and really put myself out there versus waiting on clients to come to me? I think the very first step that I took was doing some target audience research, making sure because I was pivoting from my background of working with larger companies and even small businesses, but small businesses as in still 50 employees, hundreds of employees down to solopreneurs, very different. So I spent some time doing some target audience research and some of the conversations I had from doing that alone turned into my very first clients that weren't referral clients. Okay. How did you do that research? Was it just Googling? What did you sit down and ask solopreneurs to coffee and ask them questions? How did you do it? Yeah. So probably a mixture of a few things. So of course, research, I love to do research, like to have a good understanding before I ever hop on the phone and speak to anyone. So I took my time and did that. But the most helpful was sitting on the phone or Zoom and chatting with people, just asking questions, telling them about what I was thinking about offering, what my background was, asking what their biggest challenges were, what their goals were, and just having some of this conversation. So I outlined some questions and spent time on individual one-on-one coffee chats, if you will. And then also I've done some focus groups at times. And so I had a larger pool of, you know, 10 to 12 women join me to specifically go through something that I was thinking about launching. So typically I'll do a focus group when I'm planning something new or creating something new to get some feedback before I ever put it out. Absolutely. Make sure that I'm validating. Yeah. Yeah, I love that because I I do feel like the best products come from the audience. They're asking for it. They're saying, I need help with this. What do you do? Tell me about this. And then you're like, oh, well, I'll I'll create an e-course about that. Or I'll create an, you know, I've got the action planner of all about time management because that was a question that I was getting all of the time. So when your ears are open and you're listening to the audience, you products, creation, you can answer their questions and answer their direct needs. And you know that there's people there ready to purchase what you're putting out there. Yeah, absolutely. I think also it was a huge help because there's something that I've heard referred to as the curse of knowledge. And coming from the agency background, working with CEOs, VPs of marketing, marketing directors as my clients, they had a background and we were speaking a similar language. I was all of a sudden shifting and working with solopreneurs who were learning about marketing for the very first time. They got into business because they wanted to do what they loved. And then all of a sudden realized they had to handle the marketing and the accounting and the this and the that. And the marketing was brand new. And so I had this curse of knowledge and there were things that I felt like, oh, everybody knows that. And they wanted more. And they were asking questions that I was like, oh, you don't already know that. Okay. And it, I didn't 
mean that in any kind of a condescending way. I really, truly was learning where this audience was starting because I started there too, but it was so many years ago. I mean, before even college courses on marketing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I've experienced that myself when I'm talking about something that we do now. So it becomes innate kind of. Right. Yeah. So you don't realize that it's not common knowledge. And sometimes I don't even yeah. take it seriously because I feel like, oh, everybody already knows it. So you kind of skim over it and they go, oh, no, 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 we want more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we all do that to a degree. Yeah. 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 So you got your first clients or you, you were building your clientele within six months, you were able to make the full blown pivot and jump full time into your own business. And it's because you do know what you're doing. You've got systems of success that you have been able to implement, not only with the agency, but now with your, with your solopreneur. So can you tell us a bit? I know you've talked about a four steps to proven marketing system. What does that mean to you? Yeah. So I've found that solopreneurs come to me every single day and they aren't sure what's working and what's not working and why something isn't working. And often what I found out is that there are four components that I feel like need to be there in every single marketing system, but everyone's filling in bits and pieces based on tactics and they end up missing a piece. They end up missing one of these four parts. And so they everyone's looking for this secret to like this, this one thing that's going to blow up their business and make them successful. And they think it might be, you know, getting more followers on Instagram or learning how to do Facebook lives, or, you know, they're looking for learning one thing. Meanwhile, there are so many options. There are unlimited options within each category. You just have to make sure you have them all. And so those four are a strategy, having a solid strategy in place, getting visible, generating leads, and then selling. And you need to have systems and structures around each of those four strategy, visibility, lead gen, and sales. And if you try to create a strategy and you're planning, 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 but you're never executing, you're not going to build a profitable business. If you hop out there and you jump straight into sales, but you have no plan to get visible, then A, you don't have an audience you're talking to. And B, there's no strategy around it. There's no nurturing. And so you're kind of jumping too far too fast and turning people away. Um, and any other combination, there's so many combinations I've seen. You can have a lot of followers on Instagram, but not have a plan for selling and still make no money. Exactly. <laughs> I have seen so many women hop online and they're putting out tons and tons and tons of content and never ask for a sale. Right. Right. Never, ever promote anything paid. Right. So having a, and, and you've said not just having these, these four proven steps, but also having a system connected to it. So it becomes easy. It's not, it's yeah. not hard. If it's hard, we don't do it. So right. I love you mentioned creating the strategy, having your visible plan, having ways to generate leads and then selling. But you also want to create a system behind each of those things. So that way it becomes more automatic and easy for us to implement. How would you do that with, let's say, strategy? Well, so I think strategy is the foundational piece for the entire structure. And so there are certain things that I look through or I I work through myself to create a strategy for any kind of campaign, every launch, every quarter, every year, whatever it is. And I have certain workbooks that I work through or, um, 
you know, I've turned them into workbooks now, but before it was just a certain step-by-step process of thinking through where am I now? Who is my target audience? What are my goals? And then figuring out the gap to, you know, from how to get from here to there. So with strategy, it's a little more custom each and every time, but there are certain questions that you have to ask every time. And just it's just knowing those questions and having that checklist to make sure you check those things off. And then moving into the other pieces, that's where you can really start to systemize things and put things on automate once that strategy is in place. And so that's incredible because once you can get a proven system working that's manual, there are so many ways now, once it's working, to then automate it. And I also see that as a mistake. People try to automate things first, but it wasn't working manually. So I prefer to make sure it works manually before ever looking at any technology or system. Test it out, test it out, get results, and then you can automate it. So when you say automate, do you mean automated email list? Do you mean Facebook ads? Tell me a bit more what that means. Yeah. So I think for different strategies, it can look a little bit different and also depending on your team. But for the sell side, literally everything from visibility, I know exactly what I'm going to drive people to. And then once I drive them there um, and generate that that lead, I know exactly how they're going to be nurtured because I have a sales funnel in place. So there's a sales funnel that's going to nurture them and eventually offer them the opportunity to either purchase or get on a call depending on where they enter, what their entry point is. And then when you have a team, some of that automation is checklists and operating procedures, standard operating procedures, so that they know when you need a brand new landing page, that's not necessarily automatic, but you can streamline that process by knowing that there are certain steps and they've got a checklist to follow versus doing it from scratch every time and trying to remember each and every step. Mm, Okay, so I'm hearing two things. I'm hearing there's one for the solopreneur that's like, all right, I need a strategy, I need to get my, my information out there. And then once I get a lead, there needs to be some sort of automated or system so I can follow up so I can nurture so I can build the relationship. So they can finally say yes to me to my offer to my product. So that's one set of 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 systems and focus. And, and, And to me, it seems so linear. Because we get out there, we have our marketing plan, and we generate the lead and we take them on a journey. So they say yes, because they fall in love with us. They fall in love with our products. They feel like they're getting to know us, whether it's through video or email or whatever the case may be. But then also a strategy internally when you want to grow and scale, when you're working with team members. And I've learned this myself over the past year that they're not all created equal. And so my work ethic is not necessarily their work ethic. And so having procedures and systems in place for that is really helpful. So there's clear expectations down the line. Absolutely. I feel like learning things the hard way, unfortunately, is often the fastest way you learn them. Because because you're like, oh, now we know we need that. So that's right. (laughs) Yeah, there are no failures. They're all lessons. Right, right. Yep. So who is your ideal client now? My ideal client is a service-based online female entrepreneur, very high achieving, wants to do something that's not just a side hustle like I started out doing, keeping it small, but really is ready to step into something bigger and create something that she loves doing every day so that she can live that life that that lights her up. And so oftentimes, again, that is service-based. It could be digital products, but then also online services. So not anything local-based where you have to be present, but something online. And a lot of my clients are B2B. 
Okay. Business to business. So yeah. they're a business providing a service to another business. That's right. Yeah. Got it. Got it. And you talk a lot about lighting you up, lighting you, you wanted to create something that lit you up and you want to help other people do things that light them up. In fact, your podcast is called Lit Lady, which I just like love. And tell us a little bit about why that's important to you. Well, I, I feel like we all have one life to live and I want to spend my life and every single day doing what I love. And I found that I was looking forward to the weekends and dreading Mondays. And that's unfortunate because, and I don't remember the numbers, but one time I was doing, I calculated how many days there are that are weekdays versus weekends. And it's not worth just living for those few weeks. I guess that's 124 or something weekend days a year, something like that, right? And then um, if you don't count Sunday because you're anxious for Monday... Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. You just get into the groove halfway through Saturday even. So yeah, um, I didn't want to live my life that way. I was missing out on things that I wanted to do, travel, you know, having to ask permission to go on vacations, not having enough vacation time. After literally 10 years of being married, the only trip I had ever gone on with my husband alone was our honeymoon. I was like, that's not okay. It's been 10 years and we haven't gone anywhere, just the two of us. That's not okay. And then like with my, I have two kids, I'm a mom of two and I was missing class parties and sports games. And I don't feel like I have to be at every single thing. I want them to be independent as well. And, but I, when I did want to be there, I hated that I had to miss it because I had some big meeting pop up or something at work. It just wasn't what I wanted. Yeah. At some point you go, okay, something has to change and, and I don't want to stay here anymore. And so there's a pivot that happens. But what I find, especially in the work that I do, is that so many people live in this place where they don't like it, but they're scared to change. They don't like it, but at least they know it. And so they stay in this place of like restlessness or, um, you know, it's like anxiety a lot of times because they don't really know what to do next. So how do you help somebody find out what lights them up? Here's the thing. When someone comes to me, I want them to already know what lights them up because what I found is that I can't want it for them more than they want it. They need to already have a picture of what that looks like. Now I can walk them through some exercises to really dream bigger and to step into something bigger, but they have to already have that motivation. I don't feel that in my role... I'm here to motivate you. I'm here to help you accomplish what you want. Yeah, I guess that's the easiest way to put it. I can't want it for you. You've got to want it bad enough. Absolutely. And and you're exactly right. Your job is to partner with them yeah, and, and, and kind of run alongside them. But you certainly can't drag them because this is their business. And nobody exactly. cares more about their, you know, their business than they do, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if they are already lit up and on fire, just thinking about the possibility of something, then I can help them believe more fully that it's possible for them and actually help them get there. Cool. Very cool. And you also talked about a pipeline of swoon worthy clients. And to me, I just picture people that are going, oh, yes, that's me. I want what you have. You're talking my language. Tell me a bit more about how we find people that are looking for what we have. Yeah. So going back to that four step process, you know, there, there are lots of ways again to create the system to go through each step. But once you have all of those in place, then there's a logical next step from every single thing that you do from in your marketing. So if you're creating a lot of content, 
but there's no clear next step and you don't know what's to come, then first of all, it's confusing for you in your own business, but it's confusing to your clients as well. So part of that full pipeline of Swingworthy clients is all about having really clear next steps. You know exactly what the next step is because if you drive people, if you just drive people to this one thing, then there's a system. And after they opt in, you know, they're going to hear this from you. They're going to have the opportunity to book a call from you. They're going to X, Y, Z and have all of these steps in place. And so, yeah, at that point, they're getting to know you like you trust you through some of your content. They're raising their hand and saying they're interested and want to learn more. And you just make it easy for them and invite them to the next step in the journey. It's all a journey. Hmm. I love that because then by the time you do get on the phone with them, they're already saying yes to you. Yeah. They're already saying yes to what you're offering and you're just kind of sealing the deal or putting the exclamation point on it because they're already have said yes. And that makes the call that much better. Yeah. You also said no nonsense, tough love. Tell me more about that. I'm not here to be my client's best friends. And with that said, of course, I do become friends with my clients, but I tell them what they need to hear. And that's not always what they want to hear. In fact, I was just traveling last week, but I was going back and forth on Voxer with one of my clients. And she jokingly yesterday mentioned on another call, she was like, last week when you were arguing with me and she was totally joking, but but in that moment, she she felt like we were pushing against one another. But then she realized, obviously it's for her best. And so that means I'm not just going to tell you what you want to hear. If you're coming to me, just for someone to give you permission to do something, even if it's an awful idea and it's not going to work, it's not going to happen. I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to work, what's not based on years and years of experience. So I really straddle both the coaching and consulting side and don't just ask you questions, but tell you from experience when I know something's not going to work. Well, and I think that's really helpful because most of the time when someone comes in and they're passionate and they're excited, but they don't know the steps, they don't know the how, and that's exactly why they're coming to you because they want to grow their business, but they've never done it before. Where if you got, you have over a decade of experience doing things. And so you can say, all right, this is an, a great next step for you. This is the X, Y, and Z and provide that support and then confidence because I know taking a step is is scary. But when you know that it's going to work because of I'm kind of borrowing your belief in the process, I can do it much more confidently. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So as a business owner, you are on Instagram, you are on Facebook, you have your website, which is called alight.com. Oh, okay. I get it. Alight, L-Y-G-H-T. Yeah, A L Y G H T. Yes. Alight. Yep. That is the cutest. Alight.com. A L Y G H T. And so she's, you guys can check out alight.com and then also on Instagram and then also on Facebook. And you're busy. You've got clients. You've got your own lead calls. You're creating your own system, but then you're also helping other people. So, what are some few things that you do to keep yourself filled up? Well, I love to travel and so I travel quite a bit. And oftentimes, for a mix of business and pleasure. So I just came back from LA. I was there for a week last week, actually Laguna Beach, but made my way up to LA. So traveling, I love to read and learn. And so I'm constantly listening to podcasts, reading books, going to conferences, that kind of thing. And on the personal side, you know, of course, spending time with 
my family. I still have two kids that are elementary school age. So there's a lot of time there and I'm going to spend that time while they're still young. And I don't know, just hanging out with friends and my husband and not really planning every single day out, just doing what what I want to. I like to ask myself every day, what do I really want to do today? And then having that flexibility to do it. Filling your calendar with things that bring you joy. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of your favorite books? Oh my goodness. I have so many. So a couple that I read very early, Drive by Daniel Pink talks about what motivates people. Like not not that you can motivate people, but what motivates them as in mastery, autonomy, and purpose are the three things that he focuses on. I loved that book. There's also a TED Talk if you wanted to get a quick version. And then Simon Sinek's Start With Why was a big one for me when I first started out. That has both marketing implications for how to market, but then of course, individually, like connecting to your why and why you want to show up and do what you're doing every day. So he also has a TED Talk. Both of those, you can read the full book or get quick version. Oh my goodness. There are hundreds others. Yeah. I feel like being an entrepreneur is like a personal development program with a compensation plan attached because yeah. <laughs> our job is to keep ourselves lit, you know, keep our own personal vision strong so mm-hmm. we can keep going when things get hard or we don't really know what we're doing or we have to have a pivot or we bang our head against the wall or something we try didn't work or whatever the case may be. Our job is to keep ourselves lit and that we do that by podcasts, by books, by doing things that fill us up, that bring us joy. Tell me a bit about Lit Lady. Why did you decide to start your own podcast? Yeah. So just this past October, actually, I started the Lit Ladypreneur podcast and I wanted to start it to talk about the things that are coming up from a mindset and marketing perspective that are getting in the way to help women move forward, figure out what their potential is and then achieve it. But then talk to others who are lit ladypreneurs themselves who are living this life and can give some feedback or experience to others, share their experience. So others kind of get that heads up of what's to come and what's possible. Because again, seeing what others have accomplished, lets you know it's possible. And it gives you that hope and that fuel to keep going. So yeah, sharing stories is something that I'm doing more this year by inviting guests on, but otherwise just focusing on really practical marketing and mindset. Awesome. Is it L-Y-T? It's not actually. It's L-I-T. Yeah, it's funny, but no. Uh, L-I-T. Lit Ladypreneur. Yes. Right? Super cute. Well, I love that. And I think that in this day and age, uh, there's so many people that are kind of getting sick of the daily grind and they're saying no to to what society has offered us in the past. And we're starting to create our own paths. We're starting to say yes to ourselves and yes to our families. Uh, but we we can do all of that together. You know, we really can be the best moms and the best business owners, but that doesn't mean we have to do it alone. So I love mm-hmm. that you're creating a community for your ladypreneurs that you work with and beyond to help support everybody that wants to go after their dreams. Oh, yeah. All right, you guys will check out Lit Ladypreneur as well as alight.com. And then all the links for Instagram and Facebook will be in the show notes below. But Catherine, before we head out, is there anything else you would love to share with our guests? Just that whatever you want is possible. Don't hold yourself back. And when you think that you're playing big, there's actually something bigger. So keep dreaming. Ooh, mic drop. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. It was a Thank you for having me. Story today. And um, we will see you in the next one. 
Awesome. Thanks. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. I want to hear your aha moment from today's amazing episode. If you could leave a review at whatever podcast player you choose to listen from, Apple Podcast, CastBox, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening from, leave a review and share with us your favorite part of today's episode. Thanks for hanging out. And remember to dream big.